Welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 19 years of healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My skill in moving energy combined with my medical background have been a catalyst for change in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. And welcome to the Murray Manu Cherry Show. We're live here in, well, kind of foggy, smoky again, Seattle. Can't escape it. No, yeah, I guess a couple days, hopefully no more than that. Probably symbolic around what we just experienced this week, too. Oh, you mean? Yeah, yeah, a little hazy. (laughs) A little hazy, maybe for everybody. Everybody's a little bit stunned, is what you're saying. (laughs) Uh, We kind of knew something was going to happen, but not like that. You know what's so funny on the show is Benny doesn't like me to talk about politics. I don't mind Marie Willis bringing it, but just like, but but here he is, you know, because this was a bit much better. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely will not be watching debate two or three. Uh, I will be. um, Well, there needs to be control around this. Yeah, whatever. I'm not watching it. I'm I'm not going to spend any more. Where my Marie's going to be. Yeah, I'm going to be gardening in the, in the fall. You know, I'll be picking up leaves. So, you know, one of the things we get to do here in, uh, on the show is we get to interview people that mm-hmm. I believe are on the leading edge of thought. And today is one of those lovely days. Today we're going to interview Dr. Greg Hammer. He's an MD, the author of Gain Without Pain, the happiness handbook on health for healthcare professionals. But we're going to be spinning it, too, to help people mediate being at home, working from home, how do you deal with the kids, the household, everything? You know, nobody's getting a break driving to and from work, which some people might value and appreciate. But I know one of my children thought of it as a respite. <laughs> you know, it's just being in the car for 45 minutes by herself with nobody to talk to her. So Dr. Greg Hammer, MD, is a pediatric intensive care physician, pediatric anesthesiologist, and professor at Stanford University Medical Center. So he's in California experiencing more smoke than we are. Um, so we'll, of course. Yeah, hats off to him. Right. And, we're and sending, everyone around him. Everyone. Course. We're sending positive energy, of course, to everyone in the world. A member of the Stanford WellMD Initiative and the Wellness Community for the American Society of Anesthesiologists. Dr. Hammer is currently the chair of the Physicians Wellness Task Force of the California Society of Anesthesiologists. He's been a visiting professor and lecturer on wellness at institutions worldwide and teaches GAIN to medical students, residents, and fellows at Stanford. Welcome to the show, Dr. Hammer. Great to be with you, Marie. Yeah, thank you. We, we, love that, we love that you're well, and of course, we always appreciate the work of, of our medical professionals. But in particular, right now, we really do. So thank you for all the wonderful work you do. And that you've taken the time to write a book that, of course, you know, is geared for everyone and, of course, healthcare professionals, too. But helping um, remote workers, how do they figure this out? So maybe you could describe the four steps of gain, if you don't mind, and, and, and give us a little bit of a heads up about how it might bring some happiness to remote workers. Sure, Marie. Well, GAIN is an acronym. It stands for Gratitude, Acceptance, Intention, and Non-Judgment. And those are the four pillars of resilience and happiness. We can kind of uh, consider them one by one. Gratitude is certainly at the center of happiness. I think that uh, we can all agree one can have uh, a physical disability, one can be blind and be happy, one can be deaf and be happy, uh, one can be uh, immobilized in a wheelchair, perhaps, and be happy. 
but one cannot be ungrateful and still be happy. I don't think we've ever seen that combination. So gratitude is really key to resilience and happiness. And we always have so much for which to be grateful. And even during the pandemic, we were talking about smoke just now and smoke in the air. And it's remarkable how during the global suffering of this time during the pandemic, things suddenly get worse just when you think they can't get worse because we've got all these wildfires and up your way as well as down here, certainly. And so, uh, you know, we have weeks of poor air quality and then suddenly the wind shifts. I think some of the fires are under control and the air is clear and it is such a relief. Mm-hmm. And it reminds us that we can be grateful even during the pandemic, even when things seem bad. And I would invite, actually, your listeners to do some digging on YouTube and, and the Internet in general and learn about the great influenza pandemic of 1918. Oh, yeah. We've talked about it. <laughs> you oh, know. you have? Okay. Well, of I mean, course. You know, of course. Were so much worse then. And, and, and millions uh, of people died. You know, millions. Oh, yeah. Right? Like about 5 million. million or so. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. And we yes, were... And, and, and the we suffering were, was really magnified then compared to now. I mean, we have the ability to... Uh, although we may be physically somewhat isolated, we have the ability to connect with our loved ones via Skype and FaceTime and Zoom. And uh, medical care is so much better now. Um, we're able to get access to food, uh, hopefully a warm, safe place to sleep. And uh, we don't have bodies uh, piling up around us as they did then, as horrible as that sounds. So we do have a lot for which to be grateful. And, and I think that's such a resonant, important theme in our lives in general. I think that was such a great way to look at the, you know, the pandemic 100 years ago, because we weren't even traveling around the world like we do today. So the fact that we lost that many lives and, you know, during more of an isolated, you know, um, time period in terms of movement is really staggering. And you're so right how incredible healthcare is now. And, And you're right, we could get food delivered to our doors potentially even without even having to go to the grocery grocery store if yes that's something we can absolutely maneuver. so i mean we Good always point. have a lot for which to be grateful and i think the importance of gratitude is self-evident and we really need to guide our thought processes to what we have rather than what we don't have and when we have something taken away like clean air for example and then it's given back we're so appreciative so why shouldn't we be appreciative for all the things that we have, and and let's not take anything for granted. Let's be grateful. Beautifully said. I love that. Okay, so that's that's the first part of gain, gratitude, correct? Right. So acceptance really acknowledges uh, or is the acknowledgement that things in the world are not all rosy, obviously, and there's a lot of pain and suffering in the world, and, and we experience pain and suffering around us and also internally. And rather than just do what might be called a spiritual bypass and and just try to be grateful and happy without dealing with the pain and suffering in our lives is is not practical. It doesn't work. We we try to suppress painful thoughts, and they just come back in a bigger way to bite us. So acceptance is really key. And as the serenity prayer would remind us, we need to discern between things we can change and that which we cannot change. And therefore, things that we cannot change, we have to accept. And uh, as I explain in the book during the gain meditation chapter, 
as we sit and we connect with our breathing and we contemplate our gratitude and we move to acceptance, the idea is to actually visualize something that is painful and important in our lives and actually during our breathing envision opening our hearts and letting that pain get closer and closer and closer till we merge with it, till there's really no separation. And in this way, we can embrace it and often discover that that for which we were experiencing pain is really not that big a deal. And uh, the idea is really to, again, discern between what we cannot change and therefore must accept and that which we can change. If we can change something that's painful and uncomfortable, we have the energy, the time, the commitment, then by all means, go for it. So this is not to be laissez-faire or plain lazy about it. This is to be actively discerning and actively bringing that pain and suffering in until we uh, ask ourselves the question, can I live with this for the rest of my life? And the answer is yes. And you know, we sit with it, open our hearts and accept it. I think one of the things that's amazing when we give ourselves that opportunity, something that's authentically, you know, painful, not, not the stuff that we make up in our minds and are not real, but there's, there's a beauty, you know, there's a beauty to that embrace of, of something that you can't change and, and we're disappointed in or, you know, severely hurt um, by an experience that we've had, a real experience. There is a beautiful moment in that embrace. Yes, well, you know, you and I were chatting briefly before we went on the air and you were telling me that you were an oncology nurse. And uh, so you, like I, took care of, and I still do take care of, patients who have a very poor prognosis and are who, who are undoubtedly going to die in the hospital or at home shortly after being discharged. Right. And you get to a point where you really can't change that, that the end is near and inevitable. And so in that case, we need to really turn our attention to opening our hearts and, and accepting the discomfort. And what we find out, as you just suggested, Marie, is that there's a beauty and a resonance to everything, including those situations which at first seem very painful. Agreed. Yeah, there's like some magical expansion of consciousness that occurs too. I think when you can be in that space and identify within just a tiny moment, even you know something beautiful that, exactly that truly exists. Yeah. Okay. Lovely. This is great. Okay. And then we're now on to the I part of gain. Yes. Well, you know, as John Kabat-Zinn defined mindfulness, it's being present on purpose, non-judgmentally. So the on purpose part means that we can control our minds. You know, we have the power to actually change our thought processes. And by the time we're adults, uh, almost all of us are bestowed with a certain negativity bias. We tend to remember the negative and uncomfortable experiences and forget about the positive ones. That's just uh, human nature. I think we can explain it on the basis of uh, what is teleological uh, sense. That is that we we developed uh, historically having to be afraid and fearful of predators in our environment. For example, we had to be on the lookout. We had to always imagine the worst case scenario. There might be a saber-toothed tiger at the mouth of our cave. So we develop this wariness and this negativity bias, and we combine that with an obsession, really, of 
thinking about things in the past and the future. And, um, you know, I would say it's adaptive to think about the past when it comes to learning from our mistakes and savoring our wonderful memories. But beyond that, you know, we tend to dwell in the past in ways that are negative, and that generates regret and shame and self-blame. And we need to recognize when we're doing this. And similarly, we, all, we get obsessed with the future, especially now. You know, there's uncertainty, and that brings fear and anxiety. And mm-hmm. so, again, it's adaptive to think about the future, to put bread on the table and plan for happy times. But beyond that, we find ourselves dwelling uh, in uncertainty, catastrophizing, and uh, becoming afraid. And we can recognize when we're doing that and bring our, ourselves back to a more positive way of thinking and bring ourselves back to the present moment. And a really good example of that, Marie, is a program at Duke University called Three Good Things. Wow. And basically what they've shown is just by thinking of three good things that happen during our day as we prepare for bed, as we're turning down the bed linens or what have you, actually helps us sleep better and we embrace this practice on a daily basis every evening, it makes us happier. I love and it. And that is a great example of how we can actually influence our thought processes. And yeah. we need to be purposeful about that and intentional. And I love so that. I think that yeah. I love that because you're kind of reviewing perhaps your day, potentially, and you're focusing on the positive moments of your day, which of course sends positive energy to you while you're resting so that, that when you awaken, which typically we awake with a kind of a fresh energetic slate of consciousness anyway, but that really um, helps to contribute to that. I love that. That's beautiful. Yes. I, I think that when we, we discover that we're, we're dwelling unnecessarily in negative feelings of the past and the future, we can have a little light bulb go off and remind ourselves that we can rewire our brains. And it's just like exercising muscles in our body. We just take it a little bit at a time, baby steps, but a daily practice. And that, that's what the game method is. It's a, it really leads to a uh, three-minute meditation in the morning, a contemplative meditation that we do first thing in the morning. And it reminds us the importance of gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment. And we can be reminded to embrace these practices during the day. And, and intention is certainly an important one. Beautiful. That's beautiful. So um, I, I, I wanted to ask you a question, too, um, about, you know, what constitutes the, the burnout from amongst those that are working from home? Because we know what it's like for healthcare workers. You know, we, we and right now I'm, I'm sure it's incredibly intense. I can't even imagine, you know, um, having to deal with um, the virus right now along with regular, you know, care for patients and all the complexities that that means for all healthcare workers. So, but... You know, people who, have, who are now working from home primarily, who knows until when, especially for those, a lot of people who work in the tech industries, many of them are told, um, we don't know when you're coming back. You, you may not be coming back. <laughs> you know, that may not be happening. And not just because of the virus, but they're recognizing that people are quite productive at home, unbeknownst uh-huh. to most, you know, corporations. And so... How can people, because people are burnt out, So, but how can they identify that? Because it, it, I'm sure it's a conflict in their mind. Well, I'm at home now. I'm closer to the kitchen. I could go for a walk in the morning. I can wear slippers. But yet, burnout is existing. Right. Well, burnout is uh, related to stress. 
burnout can be defined as um, an emotional and physical fatigue that is related to stress. And, uh, you know, acute stress can sometimes be adaptive. You know, again, we talk about adaptive and maladaptive. You know, if we're in, uh, in the backyard and a toddler falls in the swimming pool, our epinephrine levels spike and our serum cortisol levels spike, and that helps us mobilize and, and quickly go get that child out of, the, out of the swimming pool. But when we have this stress that lasts for days and weeks and months, as many of us do now, those elevated epinephrine or adrenaline levels in our blood and the elevated cortisol stress our heart and our vascular system, they compromise our immune function, and uh, they interfere with, interferes with sleep, of course, and we get in this vicious cycle where we're not sleeping well, we're tired, therefore we reach for sugary or comfort foods, and that makes us feel worse, actually, yes. and this cycle is allowed to perpetuate. So uh, the key is really how do we deal with stress? And again, you know, acute stress is possibly adaptive, and it and that doesn't really harm us as long as we can bring those adrenaline and cortisol levels back down quickly. When it becomes chronic, of course, it has it has all these negative physiologic effects. So, of course, I think there's a, a background of stress right now in the world because of the pandemic, and and so many people have lost loved ones or know people who have lost loved ones or, you know, people who have become sick or simply just being kept at home and isolated is, is a stressful process in and of itself. And so I think the first key to dealing with that chronic, what may be low-grade stress that many of us feel working from home, uh, the first thing is really to, I would advise, adhering to the GAIN principles, come back to the basics. Mm. Be grateful for what we have rather than focusing on what we don't have, all the good things we have now compared to our forebears 100 years ago during the flu pandemic. Um, what we hope is clean air, um, even if it's temporarily uh, smoky outside, depending on where you live. Much for which to be grateful, except the things we cannot change. You know, we cannot influence in, in a big way the pandemic. Yep. It's It's doing its thing. We can wear masks and so on, but... We need to accept that which we cannot change. Go back to our intention of rewiring our brains and, and, and don't be judgmental of ourselves, most importantly. And so if we adhere to these mindfulness principles, that will help us de-stress. That's lovely. That's really beautiful. So why is self-care so important, especially now, even though, you know, we can't really go out and get a massage. At least I'm not getting one right now. <laughs> Love to have a massage, but I'm, I'm choosing not to sure. do that. You, you know, so... It is obviously important, and so how can we make that happen? How can we influence that in our lives under the circumstances that are currently occurring? Well, again, you know, I think uh, it may seem simplistic, but I don't think it is. The first principle is to bring ourselves back to the present, and when we're having maladaptive thoughts of the past and the future, recognize whether they're adaptive or maladaptive, and if they're maladaptive, then bring ourselves back to the present moment using these tools. So that's the first element of self-care that I would recommend. And much of the other elements of self-care fall into place once we're in the present moment. And I think, like I said, the three good things exercise helps us sleep. And once we're, we set the stage for a good night's sleep, 
um, we can focus when we get up in the morning on excellent nutrition. Um, you know, we can make decisions about what kind of food we have in the house and, and how we eat. Even though we don't have the ability to go to the gym in most cases, there are physical fitness exercises we can do at home. So let's spend 45 minutes a day or so on our personal physical fitness. We can do that at home. There's a lot of programs. Many of them are online. Um, so let's do that. And uh, I think with sleep, exercise, and nutrition, we set the stage for a sense of well-being and feeling good about ourselves and that we're making the right decisions. And, and I think this will help us focus on, on being present as well. And so first we have to take care of our bodies, and then we can take care of our minds. So this is possible even during trying times such as, as we are experiencing now. And maybe we'll take some of those principles when, when we're in a different phase, which could be a while from now, and continue to eat well and exercise and, you know, have gratitude and all the beautiful aspects of gain so that we can really expand our consciousness, you know, even when things return to some, some form of normalcy. I was um, also thinking, you know, what about working parents remotely? You know, they're navigating work, caring for, and teaching their children while schools are closed. So that's complicated in itself. Yes, yes. Well, there's no simple answer, Marie, as you know. Um, All we can do is our best to cope with the circumstances. I mean, having a child maybe with ADHD, as a good friend of mine has at home, uh, you know, without the ability to have uh, his boy go to school and have more of a structure, all that they can do and all our, you know, listeners who are parents and and who have children at home is provide uh, a positive structure in the home environment and Mm. you know make sure that our children are attending to their schoolwork and obviously they may need more or less supervision depending on how old they are Um, but all we can do is provide some structures uh, you know and, and again have a have a schedule, a, a regular yeah. bedtime, a regular time to get up in the morning. Provide healthy food. Um, encourage exercise. I mean, it's certainly possible to go out for walks and so on, uh, alone or with our children. So let's make sure that they do get physical exercise, and and so they have a sense of physical well-being, and they're ready for bed at their bedtime at night. So there's no easy answer to it. You know, there are lots of circumstances people are enduring right now that are extremely difficult. They are not alone. We know that we're all in this together and that we all have our own set of difficult circumstances that we're facing. So let's not judge ourselves at times if we get upset, if we lash out, even at our children. Let's let's go easy and be self-compassionate and non-judgmental of others and, most importantly, ourselves. I, th- I think that's excellent, wonderful advice. And, of course, I'm having the pleasure today of interviewing Dr. Hammer. He's the author of Gain Without Pain, the Happiness Handbook for Healthcare Professionals. However, you, you can use this for anyone, all of these beautiful mindfulness um, techniques and meditation techniques that are in your book um, are, are for everyone in the world right now, especially right now. And, of course, um, you can go to Amazon and purchase the product. You can also visit Dr. Hammer at drhammermd.com. So what is something that you're grateful for um, today so far? I know it's kind of early still here on the West Coast, but maybe you could share something that you're really grateful for um, to inspire our listening audience. 
Sure. Well, you know, the website is Greg Hammer MD, G R E G H A M M E R M D, lowercase, no punctuation, GregHammerMD.com. Uh, you know, right now I'm grateful for the opportunity to speak with you, Marie, and, and be able to connect to all the people who are listening and connect uh, mindfully to the greater community in, in, in the world, actually. And we're all sharing a lot of the experience of living in a pandemic. Um, but again, I'm grateful that we're able to connect. Me grateful too. that, uh, you know, I have access to all the wonderful things in my life and, and that I'm able to focus on what I have instead of what I don't have and find peace during this time. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm extremely grateful for that. Well, and thank you so much for all the wonderful work you do in the world and all the work that you do for the rest of us, you know, writing a book that anyone could use to access a healthy state of mindfulness. So I just thank you so much, and I wish you and everyone in the hospitals that you work with um, continued health and success and wellness, of course. And um, so thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure, Marie. Anytime. Yes, that would be fun. Uh, It's great to speak with you. All right, we'll have a beautiful day in California, and um, we thank Dr. Hammer for being on the show. We're going to take a break here, and we'll be right back. Hello, this is Marie Manucheri, and I'm thrilled to be offering my very first psychic coaching program. The first class we haven't even taught yet is completely full, so we're offering a second course beginning January 13th through March 31st. Every Wednesday night between 5 and 6.15 p.m., you will learn how to be psychic. You will learn to read into the veil. You'll learn to talk to people who no longer live in a physical form, communicate with your spirit guides, and along with this online workbook and also self-hypnosis meditation, a 30-day, 20-minute, beautiful recorded self-hypnosis meditation so you can get out of any limited beliefs and emerge into expanded consciousness and allow yourself to be multisensory. You deserve it. The world deserves to have as many multisensory people available as possible. And you'll have so much fun feeling loved and adored and cherished by the divine. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for taking these online courses. For more information, visit energyintuitive.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Flace with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. If you own firearms, it's your responsibility to make sure they're always stored safely. Hiding them in a closet or drawer is not enough. Kids know where they are. Research shows the risk of injury and death is lower if guns are stored unloaded and locked up with the ammunition locked in a separate place. This is important when children are young as well as when they grow into teenagers. For more, talk with your pediatrician or visit healthychildren.org. Have something important to say? Want to help improve our world? Need to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Our staff helps broadcasters and podcasters create professional sounding audio. Bring your talent and let our experts help you craft a radio show or podcast that best delivers your message. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. Wait, hold up. I know what you're thinking. What's up with Marie's vibrational coaching program and how it's been doing? Well, here are some new graduates of the program to explain their recent experiences. 
Marie's energy vibrational coaching class has had a huge impact on me. I've learned how to tune into my energy and in particular have learned how to quickly recognize when my energetic vibration drops. Then I use one of the many easy tools we learned from Marie to raise it back up again. It feels so great. Marie's vibrational coaching class was the missing piece I needed to help me act on my dream of starting a business, which moved me to take inspired action. Marie's vibrational coaching class was awesome. The structure of the class covers Marie's insights, Q&A, small breakout session, and creates insight and new ways of thinking. I built great friendships from that class and I learned a lot. Marie Manucheri's vibrational coaching class is beautifully designed. There are so many things you can share with others and it's just a lot of fun. So if this excites you, and you want to learn how to raise your vibration and create a life of your dreams. Marie's next vibrational coaching course begins February 22nd of 2021 and meets every Monday for 12 weeks. For more information about the program, visit energyintuitive.com to learn more. Organic, free range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Menu Cherry Show. Thank you, Benny, for the music. I love it. You know, I'm a disco kid. Still, always love it. Yeah, so thank you. So do we have people waiting on the phone lines We for us? do, we okay. do. And uh, let's give out the numbers uh, in case you need them. For new listeners, old listeners, every listener, actually, <laughs> 877-825-8828 is the number. 877-825-8828. And we will now do this. I have push a couple buttons. And we will bring on Gail calling in from the Bellevue area. Hi, Gail. Hi. Hi, Gail. How are you? I'm good. Thank good. you. Good. What can I do for you? Yeah, I have two questions. What about my dog? He's 16 and a half years old, <laughs> and I would like to know when it's the time for him to be ready to go well, to the other side. Oh, that's a really great question. And, and thank you for taking care of your dog and helping him live <sighs> such a long time. I told Charles I he's never allowed to die. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> but, um, well, you know, here's what vets recommend that they say when your dog gets down to like only enjoying one or two things, that's like the sign, you know. So as long as they're enjoying eating and, you know, going on walks and they're sleeping well and, you know, then, then that means, oh, we still have time. Your dog seems to me like, and is it a, a boy? Yeah. Yeah, that he's really slowing down. Is that true? Yeah. But uh, here's what I hear him say, and, and I've heard this from other animals, too, uh, that he he completely trusts you. He's on your timeline. He's not in a hurry. He's he's a strong dog, you know, like I know some yeah. some people like I have a very a pretty high pain threshold myself. And so because he does have some pain, just so you know. So I have um, a high pain threshold. So when I have like strong pain, I have to really pay attention because there's probably something going on or I, I need to do something to remedy it because I can ignore it. And your dog is like that. So, th- mm. but there's a good thing about that too. That means that if he's having minor or moderate pain, it's really not disruptive to him. So he just says, whenever you're ready, he's, he's, he completely trusts you, but I don't think it's quite yet. Honestly, how do oh, you feel good. about that? I mean, I, I've been thinking for six months already that he's going to be gone. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, but he's not. No. He's still 
part of his spirit is still here. I don't know. Yeah. I, and I feel he's waiting for me to make the decision. It could be that, you know, but to me, he still seems content. He's, he's in, content, he's yeah. He's enjoying himself. So I think you can just keep going for now. I think you'll know. I had a cat once. This is what I'm seeing in my mind. I had a cat named Ocelie that I'd had. I think he was 14, which is not too young or old. It's like an average age for a cat. He was an indoor outdoor cat. Mm-hmm. And just one day, he had gotten skinnier. You know, he, he definitely wasn't comfortable, but he just okay. literally couldn't sit down. He literally couldn't. And it didn't go away. And so I eventually took him in and put him down. He was just in too much pain, you know. So mm-hmm. just, you're a very responsible pet owner. And it's okay that your dog is still doing great at 16. And maybe great's a strong word, but he's he's doing well. <laughs> he's doing well. So, yeah. yeah, I think you're doing great. I don't okay, see a, yeah. an ending time right now. Okay? Yeah, I have another question if it's okay. I did a um, hypnosis class in the Wellness Institute, and they have two years internship. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking if that's going to be a good thing for me to do, a two-year internship. <laughs> so who are the teachers? Do you know? A Kelly and Anne. I don't remember the last name. Uh-huh. Um, so I would just do some research on what it is that they're going to. So have you already taken classes from this institute? I took six days of, uh, yes, of hypnotherapy. Uh-huh. Did you like it? Uh, the class was kind of intense, but I liked the hypnotherapy. And I'm thinking also about taking quantum healing. Yeah, I, I think that's lovely. I like what you said about intensity. That I think is a good sign because you're very smart. And so I want to make sure that you're challenged. So that's great. I, so that's a positive sign for me. Why don't you start with the quantum healing next? See how that feels before you decide to sign up for a longer course. Okay. 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 Yeah. All right. Thank Great. you, Gail. Yeah. And we're sending love to the pup. Yeah. Thanks very much, Gail, for calling in from the Bellevue area, 877-825-8828. And now we will lock in Louise. Louise is calling in from the Vancouver, B.C. area. Hi. Great. Hi, Louise. Hi. Good morning. Good I am morning. so grateful for you, Marie. I just Aww. wanted to start off with that Aww. and how you help so many people. <laughs> and I listen to you as much as I possibly can. Well, so thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for your kind words. Is this your first time calling in? I actually called you two years ago, oh. and um, you hit the nail on the head. You really, really, really helped me well, with that situation. I'm so grateful yeah. that was helpful. So what can I do oh, for you today? Was. Um, so I just have some questions. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. I've just started to think about who I am, what I have brought to my family, my children. And um, when I was 14 years old, my brother took his life oh, and he was 22. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I was wondering, and, and on my husband's side, he had a father that was extremely depressed mm-hmm. and um, was suicidal when he was in medical school. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm wondering is, have we carried trauma through us to our children? Well, because I go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Finish your last piece. I have three beautiful children. (laughs) Yeah, they are gorgeous, uh, by the way. I mean, not only are they sweet and kind and funny and smart, but they're really aesthetically beautiful. They're really pretty. (laughs) All your kids, you know, they're really good looking. Yeah. And we've been so fractured in the last you know, six, seven years. And I think it's required a lot of um, maturing and growing up and recognizing and understanding. And mm-hmm. two of my three children have mental illness. And really? 
Um, yes. And um, my daughter, um, well, she was starved in utero. She came up full term, but she was only five pounds. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that... Five pounds is fine. I mean, five pounds is fine. So so here's What's what that? I... I said five pounds is fine. That's like... Yeah, I was like five, two, five, three, and I yeah, tried to turn out right. Well, she was... <laughs> well, what I was told was there might be some neural deficits. But, and so we waited for six months, and she met all her milestones. Yeah. Um, what we noticed was the emotional... Um, but Louise, here's part of the problem. You guys focus way too much on the negativity. I'm, I mean... I love the fact that you don't ignore circumstances that have occurred in your life. But here's something that I'm going to say that probably isn't super popular, you know, or, or maybe it's new. This is a better way to describe it. Every form of death, from my perception, whether someone gets hit by a car, dies of a disease, someone shoots them, they take their own life, is a form of suicide. So every soul is choosing when they're going to leave the planet. Souls are highly conscious creatures, very, very conscious. They choose to come into the earth realm, fully aware of what the earth is like, what they're probably going to experience here. Even though humans and all beings throughout the multi-universes have free will, um, when people come to the, to the earth realm, they don't necessarily feel that's true. They feel obligations and guilt and all these interesting things. So it doesn't matter how someone leaves their body. I, I think it needs to be honored and appreciated, actually. That's just my personal thing. So maybe you guys need to not look at the, these, the way that your brother passed away. Since you've worked on, you know, you've looked at the trauma, you've examined it, which has, you know, been decades ago. Um, I, need, I think you need to let go and just actually honor how your brother died versus looking at it as something negative. And I really think your children will benefit significantly if you do not hyper-focus on um, their emotional well-being, because I think you hyper-focus on it. So there's a difference between ignoring one's emotional well-being and then being stuck energetically under a microscope looking at it, which is what, in my opinion, you guys are doing. This will, if you can, if you can let go of that a little bit, your children are going to surprise you. The brain's very adaptable. It can be, it's, it's amazing. The brain is incredible. Just like when we were interviewing Dr. Hammer, he said, you know, people can change their mind. They can change their brain. It, it literally can change. So what do you think about what I just said? Well, I mean, hmm. yeah. I agree with what you're saying in terms that we've had to think about it a lot because it's really surfaced in the last six years. We've had, I mean, both of my children have been, two of my children have been suicidal. Mm-hmm. Um, but look at you and your husband went into a marriage, you and your husband went into a marriage together t- thinking about suicide, you know, feeling bad about it. I mean, that's an energy you brought into the relationship. So I mm. wonder if you stop thinking about it that way, not that we're you know, wishing that your children choose that, yeah. obviously. And, and you guys are responsible. You do all the right things from what I can see. So let's not put a lot of negative energy towards your history regarding that because it, it's putting energy into your current life. I don't think it's a good idea. Well, I guess what's happened is, you know, it's come to the forefront, I would say, in the last six years. Um, my son, I gave him the middle name of my brother that died to mm-hmm. honor my brother. And he was such a beautiful person. He was sensitive and kind. And so that was my way of honoring him. And so I guess for me, it's, it's in the last six years, just with both two children struggling. Um, that's where it's been on my mind, I suppose. And you're so, right. I need yeah. to 
let go of that. You do. You have to stop we talking all, about it. Like, like I personally wouldn't tell a young child about an uncle who committed suicide. I wouldn't. You know, per, I yeah. would not. I, I, I would wait till they were an adult, perhaps. I mean, may, maybe we would yeah. say it once because I, I wouldn't necessarily yeah. lie. But I wouldn't go into great. I wouldn't. I don't even think you should think about your brother and this longing loss that you do. I mean, he's been gone a long time. You know, he's he, when people leave their body, the majority of them, like close to 100 percent are like, woohoo! Yeah. they're having fun. They're enjoying themselves. Yeah. They're free from their form. And it does. This right. is the part I want you, you to focus on the most regarding okay. your brother. It doesn't okay. matter how someone ends, how their life ends. And it is from a soul's perspective, self-motivated. That's why I say it's suicide yeah. for all. So so that's the part I want you to let go of because you, you okay. and your husband are carrying this umbrella of this very charged negative energy over your family. And it's not healthy for you or obviously your, your children. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm really glad that you're saying this to me because I think I was unconscious about it. Of like course. I was, of course. I don't think I realized. Of I think it triggered me when the kids started to feel suicidal Right. And then it brought back the memories for me. Right. So that's interesting. Right. So, and, and, you know, it's not unusual for people to talk about, it's okay to talk about death and life and all of that and, and not take it, you know, too seriously, potentially. Yeah. I mean, I don't know your kids and I love that you and your husband are very responsible and very aware of what's going on, but you know, it's yeah. okay to have these conversations too, without, you know, going down the, the negative road. So, okay, so mm-hmm. now you have a new way. You're going to start detaching energetically from your history, which is not healthy uh, yeah. at all. And, and your brother hasn't been having that experience for a long time now. He's been having fun. So let's just let yes. go. Okay? Oh, oh, thank you, Marie. You're welcome. Thank you. That was really, um, that was a good point that you brought up. I appreciate Wonderful. it. Have a beautiful day uh, in Canada. And you have a beautiful day, too. We will. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Louise, for joining us. 877-825-8828 is the number for the Marie Manucherry Show. We will head now to Carson City, Nevada. We have Molly joining us. Hi, Molly. Hi, how are you guys doing <laughs> this morning? We're good. We're What's lovely. Up? Yeah, what can we do for you? Good. Um, I just wanted to ask um, one about I'm I'm going through a recent separation uh-huh. and divorce, uh-huh. and I just am teetering between actually getting the divorce. Yeah, whether... I can feel that. I really can. And uh, and in, in terms of still staying separate but not divorcing, is that what you were thinking of? Just uh, I know I feel that it's the right thing to do to actually let go right. and and complete the divorce, but it's just. Um, I feel also like I'm doing the wrong thing. Okay. Am I doing the right thing? <laughs> well, I think I think that's a great question. I think a lot of people feel that way, especially if they have children, right? You know, it's 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 part of the the whole um kind of scenario. So, I think what I what you need to do is stay focused on yourself. And in in those terms, what were the reasons if you don't mind sharing, what were the reasons why you wanted to end this marriage? Because it was very toxic and abusive. My husband was, was very, um, he has a lot of childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. And so he's very emotionally and verbally abusive. Well, and I think I that's just, your answer. I mean, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
So, so try stay on, you know, rem, you know, I don't want you to stay uh, obviously in the energy of the abuse that occurred, but now that you're kind of free from it a little bit, that's when you're going, wait, wait a minute. Is that, this is the right thing to do. But if, but in me asking the question and your answer is a very good reason why someone should not maintain a partnership, in my opinion. Um, I, I agree. And, right. and that's, I, and that's why I know, I feel that, you know, definitely I should not yeah. stay in the marriage. At the same time, I have my parents both passed away, and I think I just have this huge abandonment issue. Sure. So a, I, a lot of people who have um, are in a relationship where their partner is abusive, um, whatever kind, but we'll just stay focused on the verbal and emotional abuse. They typically have an abandonment issue. That's kind of like their main trigger, and that's why they stay with someone who's so degrading to them, and and they usually take it on as oh, I need to change. There's something wrong with me because the abuser wants you to feel that way anyway. You know? Yeah. But you deserve to have people in your life where you feel loved, adored, and cherished, right? And if you yeah. stay in this marriage because you can't change your partner, only an individual can change oneself. You know, we can offer suggestions and be available, you know, to be of some sort of support. But people have, first have to want to change, which I don't see him wanting that and and I don't want you to believe him when he tells you that because he hasn't made any practical action to make that happen and one of the things I believe happens when somebody has made a internal you know shift in their consciousness they're so shocked that their that their awareness has changed that they talk about it especially to the people that it's that it used to be they used to be connected with from their previous perception and they're and they're very apologetic about it as well and not and they're not like really down on themselves they're excited about whom they're becoming but they're also fully aware of how they used to be and and they do want to have a conversation your partner isn't doing any of those things from what I can see so so, no, you're right. So that's my biggest and problem he's, is... And he's manipulative, so don't let him talk you into it, okay? Yes, you just need to remind yourself, is. wait a minute, why did I want to leave this relationship? Why? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Has he changed? No, at least from no. what I... He, he doesn't take responsibility for his behavior, and there's that's okay. Like, that's all right, but you don't have to be with him, Okay. Yep, that's absolutely how it is. Yeah, okay. Can I ask you one more question? Quickly, please, quickly. Okay, (laughs) so I really am trying to move forward, and one of the things that's holding me back is my finances. I feel stuck and scared to be alone, this whole new independent thing. Yeah. Um, Do you see, like, me taking on another job or something like that? Well, here's what I'm going to recommend, and, and this is for everybody who's listening. On my Instagram page, I think it's like the third or fourth week down, there's a video about how to attract financial comfort. It's really easy. It's six minutes long. Please follow that video. It really, really, really works. It's a very simple principle, and a lot of people don't understand that how you relate to money needs to be positive and friendly. And so I have this how to do it on my Instagram. So go to my Instagram page, listen to that video, and then everything will change for you. So I'm not even going to answer about getting another job because no, you don't need to. You just need to change your relationship with wealth so that you can have more. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Is it on your stories or on your like actual post? On my actual post. 
yeah. Thank you so much. You're I welcome. You of course, okay. we appreciate you too. Congratulations on moving forward. That's lovely. Yeah, thanks, Molly, for joining us from Carson City, Nevada. 877-825-8828 is the number for the shoe. We'll take um, now Tina calling in from Seattle area. Hi, Tina. Tina, are you there? Hello. Tina, Tina, Tina. Hello, Tina. Oh, wait, Susie. Sorry, my okay, bad. Susie. <laughs> I okay. forgot. Sorry, Courtney. My bad. You, you shipped things out. So <laughs> it's Susie, not. Susie. Oh, yeah, thank I'm you so, so sorry. Um, oh, that's okay, you, Benny. You I know. have to read. Can you hear me now? Yes, yes ma'am. we can hear you, Susie. <laughs> what can I do for you? Okay. Oh, gosh. Well, just thank you so much for this awesome show that I love. It's the highlight of my week, highlight of my life, because <laughs> I watch listen every week. Um, so I have, um, I have been wanting to ask you a question for quite a while, and then I just have this quick one first, because I just found out yeah, my just gym open today. Oh, and interesting. I have lupus, and so I haven't been mm. to any stores or anywhere since March 17th. I've been mm-hmm. basically home the whole time. But I would love to go to the gym if you think it's safe. And, and where do and you live? I live in the Bay Area. Okay. So eh, how's California, how's the Bay Area numbers in terms of percentage of positive tests in the COVID testing? Do you know what the, num- what the percentage is? No, I don't. This, this is what everybody needs to pay attention to. So everyone, wh- wherever you are in the world, you need to look at the percentage of how many people test positive that are tested in your area. Like, Washington State, we're at three and a quarter percent approximately, which is actually a really good percentage. Wyoming, 25. Please, nobody go to the gym in Wyoming. Please don't go to the bars. Don't go to the restaurants. Everybody in Wyoming wear a mask. So California was doing well, and then eh, they kind of weren't doing so well. So please look at your numbers. You want okay. the, We really, what our mayor wants is, or our governor, I should say, wants us to be at 2%. So that's kind of like the goal. Everybody wants to be, New York got down to 1%. That's why they allowed all their kids go back to kindergarten yesterday, I believe it was. We'll see how that pans out. Um, so that's that's the, 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 the thing I would want you to do. But my overall is, no, please don't go to the gym. I don't want you to go to the gym. I'm so sorry. I know that sounds terrible, but here, since you live in California, under these potential guidelines, if they have an area outside and you're working out in a class, let's say, or, or the, the treadmill's outside and you have your mask on, sure, then I, then I would be chill with that as long as it's not too smoky for you as well. Okay, well, thank you. Well, the question I've been wanting to ask you for uh, quite a while is I've heard that I have lupus and I've heard that inflammation uh, can be helped by a rebounder. So my best friend loaned me a rebounder. But then yeah. when I started doing it, my body, I've, I've had a partial hysterectomy. I have interstitial cystitis. My aunt had surgery for prolapse. And I started getting concerned that it wasn't good for my body to do right. the rebounder, even well, though I he, wish it would. Well, here's what I recommend. I mean, for you, right? Like, you don't have to jump on the rebounder. You can just even just kind of like push your feet down and, and just let that wakey feeling. And so the, what the reason why your friend recommended the rebounder is because it helps to move the lymphatic system. But you don't have to have a big jump. You could just kind of, I, I don't know, not even bounce, but just have, push your feet and kind of create this wave-like sensation in your body. That's going to be perfect for your, your lymphatic system. However, you know what you need to do is, first of all, I want you to stop saying that you have lupus. I know that sounds terrible. It's fine when you're with your clinicians, but I don't want you to own the disease anymore. I don't think that's healthy because you're, repro- you're programming your brain all the time that you have this significant autoimmune disease. And I would love for you, if and I'm sure you've already done this, but really work on self-love because that's what heals the immune system, the feelings mm-hmm, yeah. of self-love. 
So no more long, no, no more saying I have, I have lupus. Instead, I would okay. love for you to say, you know, what if I have a healthy immune system? Hmm, I want mm-hmm. you to get curious. What if my lymph nodes are happy? Okay, so then you're saying it's, it, you say it would be good to do a little bit of that, yeah. whatever, the bound, use the rebounder, but just don't do the don't jump. full bouncy, don't yeah. jump. Okay, yeah. And just for a little doing, bit, right? just for a little bit, because you like it. Anything we like, I think, is good for us. Yeah, wonderful. Okay, okay well, yeah, I was only saying the lupus part so you knew that. I know, um, I appreciate that. I, have, I do. I understand that, yeah, I don't want to own it for sure. Yeah, I want <laughs> you to create some separation because your body's actually doing really well. I'm very impressed. I've scanned it a couple times during our phone call, and it looks lovely. I'm very happy. Thank you. Okay. Your show helps me so much every week. I oh. just love it so okay. much. Thank you to You're you and Benny and the whole team. Okay. And have a great amazing, awesome, joy, and many joyful blessings, as you say. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Susie. Sorry about that, calling you Tina earlier, but, you know. Hey, it's fine. Better yeah. late than uh, never or dinner. Yeah. Whatever the <laughs> adage is. All right, one more before the end of the show. Candace from Tabernacle, New Jersey. Oh, great. Did I get that right? All right, I got, I got the approval. <laughs> that was good. Thank that you was very good, much. Benny. I had to make up for the last one. I like that. <laughs> Hi, Candace. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited that I'm talking to you right now. I'm a first-time caller. Oh, Woo! well, thank you so much for calling into the show. We truly appreciate What can I do for you? I am calling because I have um, inflammation and mm-hmm. bumps mm-hmm. on my face oh, and red marks on my face that mm-hmm. I've had for five years, and oh. I don't know what it is or how to get rid of it. Well, it is inflammation. It's a lot of shame, actually. And, and th- this is the good part. The shame is coming to the surface. Yay! So I want you to visualize, maybe do this, you know, if, if you follow what Dr. Hammer said and think of, you know, this, this study from Duke University where you think of three happy things that happened in the day or, or three happy things um, overall, because it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. related, to, before you go to sleep at night, that'd be great because that's going to elevate your vibration, right? Your frequency is going to be at a much higher a magnitude of subatomic movement, which is excellent. And then I want you to flood your face with your creative mind with white light. Just flood it. So for some reason, you've had some shame, and we all have it in our body, shame, guilt, you know, all these interesting components to being in the human reality. And mm-hmm. it, it was a, around your face, which is interesting. And so it's it's moving out. That's why you're having these physical, you know, disliking experiences but if you could flood it with white light i think it's just going to get resolved very very quickly oh thank you so much me and my mom are smiling at each other a lot right now (laughs) good i think that's lovely that's absolutely lovely so i'm sending you bright light of course everyone who's listening to the show i'm sending everyone bright light um and um yes so and keep me posted let me know how it works beautiful thank you so much marie thank you benny you're welcome appreciate you having the show today Yes, it was lovely. Super nice. Well, we got a lot done. We interviewed Dr. Hammer. Now there's a book available that people can go to Amazon and um, consider that as a purchase. It might be even a good holiday gift for others, you know, know, how to get through these burnouts that we're having at home, taking care of all of our family members. And then, of course, we got to the phone lines. Thank you, Benny and Courtney, for making sure that all that happens so smoothly so we can talk to people around the country and sometimes around the world. We wish all of you beautiful. Hang on. Oh. One second. What? It, the Gain Without Pain is the name of the book. Thank you, Benny. the Happiness Handbook for Health. Wonderful. Okay. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Yep. Joyful blessings, everybody. Bye-bye for now.